everybody, and welcome to the 83rd episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And uh, yeah, we are doing our last review episode of our 2023 Season? year. <laughs> yeah, um, today, which is going to include two um, reviews. But we're also wanting to do a, a little uh, new to the collection here to begin off the episode because... Um, these two games that we're going to talk about are the last two games that we bought from Maples and Milkshakes. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the store. We still have a few things. I mean, um, I'm happy, I'm happy we bought them. I'm just sad they're not there. Yeah. Um, we do have games still coming from them that we pre-ordered and stuff yeah. over the years, but these are the last two that we could buy while we were in the store. Yeah. Do, do you want to talk about the, the one you have? Sure. So this one, uh, it's a 2019 game, so it's been around a while. You guys might all know it or or not, but it is Mandala, and it is designed by Trevor Benjamin and Brett J. Gilbert, art by Clemens Franz, and published by Lookout Games. Yeah, Mandala. This is one we've been looking at for a while. Oh yeah, and just haven't. And I've heard done, about yeah. it so much. I've never played it. It's a two-player game, so that's fun because it's mm-hmm. nice to to have um, those a good a good array of those in the collection, um, especially for us. Yep. But yeah, it's fun. You're trying to, um, you're putting, uh, building up your cars into mountains and fields, and then there's a river. And so the mandala is the symbol of an ancient and sacred ritual. Colored sand is laid to create a symbolic map of the world before the pattern is ceremoniously ceremonially destroyed and the sand cast into the river. So you're kind of like building up these two different mountains and then they all get destroyed, I believe, as you're claiming the cards for okay. points. And so, yeah, you can't, it's kind of neat. You can't, you can't have the same colored card in the same area. So, like, if you play a red uh, red card into your mountain, yeah. I can't play a red card into my mountain. I'd oh, have okay. to put it into, like, into a field. And so it's kind of a give and take that way. Hmm. And, um, yeah, and then you fill it up, I guess, and then you start taking back cards to score. But um, cool. yeah, it sounds like it'll be a fun back and forth, quick, um, just fun, fun game. I've heard so much about it. So I'm very, yeah, very I, excited for Mandela. I'd heard a lot of um, people talk about it and say how much they liked it, but I never actually looked into what it was. Really. Yeah. I'd seen it on the shelf and just had that crazy like color pattern on the front and I didn't really know what to expect. So yeah, um, yeah sounds cool. Yeah, it's very I didn't pretty. know it had anything to do with mountains and rivers and. No, and I so thought forth. it was just a pattern link. Yeah, I totally did game. too. So, <laughs> it looks like that artwork of like you know when that those things that you look at in St- a, like a not a stethoscope, a kaleidoscope. Yeah, kaleidoscope. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like on the artwork on the front. So yeah, okay. Definitely um, not what you get when you look into a, a stethoscope. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's uh, going to be a fun one. Yeah. So cool. And that one, when was that made? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Okay. Well, the game I have here was um, originally published much earlier, uh, <laughs> way back in 2006. And this is a mm-hmm. game I've had my eye on for years. I have heard you talking about yeah. it for years. And I, we finally just said, you know what, let's let's do it. And this one was, um, or is, Nirishima Hex 3.0. So <laughs> there's been, the original publication of this was in 2006 for the original Nirishima Hex. Then there was a 2.0 which was, I'm not sure, uh, a few years ago. <laughs> and then uh, as of, uh, oh, Nirishima Hex 3.0 was released in 2013. So, so this is, yeah, so, <laughs> um, 
So what is Nirishima Hex? So this is a two to two or four player game, mm-hmm. and it plays in about thirty minutes. And this one is published by Portal Games and designed by Michael Orox. I think he's Polish. I believe. Okay, cool. Um, so Nirishima Hex is a strategy game set in the post-apocalyptic world of Nirishima, a Polish role-playing game. Oh, cool. Ah, there you go. Each player leads one of four armies, the Borgo, the Hegemonia, Hegemony or whatever, Moloch and That's po- such an awkward word to say. It's, I know. I, I never know if I'm saying it right ever. Hegemony. <laughs> hegemony. Hegemony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always said hegemony. Or I, think. So, I don't even know, honestly. I, I struggle right alongside you on hegemony, that one. Hegemony. Uh, poster, poster runic, which is, I guess, means outpost. Um, each army deck consists of 34 tiles, soldiers, support tiles, and special actions. You will, or you win when all enemy headquarters are destroyed, or or when your headquarters is the last damaged, uh, the least damaged <laughs> at the end of the game. Nirishima Hex 3.0, released in 2013 from Z-Man Games, includes rule corrections and the Doomsday Machine Army for five armies in the NH base game. <laughs> um it's nice when they release um, new rules that like fix things. Yeah. So that's that's one thing that's nice about getting a, yeah, like a newer that. iteration because like okay they've taken feedback they fixed a few things and made ultimately like a better game. Yeah. This yeah, like also a, includes a solo variant with fifty five puzzle cards, which we will never use. Probably not. <laughs> uh, that present you with a challenging situation. Uh, and new three-player variants, deathmatch, deathmatch with scores, one player versus a team, and team match with one player playing two armies. So, yeah, it just sounds like it's going to be a bunch of craziness. It looks great. Mm-hmm. I've always loved the weird cover art for this one, which yeah. is that, that like, soldier yeah. of, of fortune sort of guy on the front. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. looks cool. I'm it does look it. cool. It should be fun. And, uh, yeah, we'll finally get to play that, or both of these. And, yeah, uh, yeah sad that these are the last two games that we'll buy from Meeples, but, um, yeah, is what it is. Yep. So, like we said earlier, we have two reviews to do, and we're going to head on over to the first one right now. Alrighty then, here we are at the first of two Meeple Dungeon reviews that we're going to be doing. And what are we reviewing first, Anna-Marie? First, we are reviewing The Last Kingdom board game, designed by John D. Clare, art by Chad Hoverte, or Hoverter, <laughs> published mm-hmm. by Gameland Games. Yeah, so this is a game based off of the IP, The Last Kingdom, the Netflix series, um, and yeah, designed by John D. Clare. So this one is a game I don't know if I would have even looked at really, um, just because we generally don't buy, um, it's not that we generally don't buy them. It's that they're not as appealing. No. Yeah. I just always think that things based off of movies or based off, based off TV shows, like you really have to have a great team behind a game like yeah. that for us to get excited about it. And the second we saw this was John D. Clare. I was like, oh, oh yeah. what? 
because he's absolutely one of our favorite designers. So I was like, okay, yeah. I guess he he designed an IP game. So let's see how this goes. So we yeah we pre-ordered it and here it is. So this <laughs> one is um, an area control style game. But do you want to do you want to read a bit of the theme? Sure. Britain, eight seventy two to eight ninety eight A.D. The kingdoms of Britain are at war. Many have already fallen to the invading Danes, leaving the great kingdom of Wessex standing alone and defiant under the command of King Alfred. You are one of the great commanders and politicians in this war-torn land known today as England. Both Saxon and Dane armies openly battle for dominance, and it is up to you to tilt the scales of power. To reclaim these lands, you will need to tread a dangerous path between both sides of the conflict. Will you betray your allies for power? What part will you play in the birth of a new nation? And will you ultimately rule it all? That's a good question. So (laughs) on that note, (laughs) um, how does this game work? It is, yeah, like I said earlier, an area control game um, at its heart. Um, And it has a main board in the middle of the table, which is where all of the action is going to take place, where there is, you know, uh, England, more or less, broken up into five uh, different states. Uh, of North Umbria at the top, Mercia in the middle, Wales uh, to the west, East Anglia to the east, and Wessex to the south. And there are four tracks on this board, represent one for each one of those, and you're going to have a, a little token on there to show uh, how your, uh, what is it, allegiance? Allegiance, yeah. Is um, how... how allied you are with such uh, or each one where uh, from a scale of one to ten and along the those uh numbers and the they call it affinity affinity okay yeah. whatever um oh, the big affinity at the bottom of the board. oh yeah there's, there's affinity <laughs> track yeah so the affinity track is going to show you how you how you're doing in and in, in your relations with those four different uh groups although the um I should say that there's the Danes is one of the tracks, and then there's the West Saxons and the Mercians and the Northumbrians all make up the Saxons. Yes. So those three factions are one, and then the Danes But are, they each have their own track. They each have their own track, but those three all kind of work together. Yes. And the Danes are off on their own. And, um, yeah, you're going to have a token on there showing how far along that track you are. And the further you are along that track, the more points you're going to be getting uh, through the game. Uh, generally speaking. Um, Then there's also um, a whole bunch of little army figures that get put out um, representing those four different factions. And they're going to get seeded out onto the board. There's actually little pictures beside the names for uh, the different states. Like Northumbria, you'd put out uh, two Danes and two Northumbrians. Northumbrians. And then there's a little uh, bag that comes in the game that you're actually going to put a bunch of armies into. And there's a little question mark uh, shield there beside those uh, factions and you're going to seed out another army kind of at random but the bag is put together um, with a certain amount of each so you have a higher chance to, to pull a Dane at, at any time right so you're going to do that for all five of the um, states. states I guess that you want to call them and then you're going to uh, pick a character there's a whole whack of them these are all based off the characters from uh, the show. Right. Um, I'm not sure if they're all factual or or some of them are fiction no, no. or factual. I'm not really sure. But you're going to take one of them. And the, the main character of the show is Uhtred. 
um, and you're going to, you know, take one of these characters. Yeah. There's, I think there's like 12. There's, there's quite a few. Eight of them or something. And they have 20 leader cards. Okay. So but there's think, 20. And it just depends on like what player count you're playing as to which player yeah, you're going to play. They recommend uh, for different player counts and for first games, uh, certain combinations, like uh, in the two player game that we played, uh, we were told that the one of us should be Uhtred and one of us should be Ethelwald. So you're going to take your, your player card and you're going to take two starting cards that come with that player. And then you're going to do a few things that are listed on that player card, giving you like some starting actions, uh, tokens. They're like these little black tokens you're going to use through the game. And you are going to find your figure and you're going to set your starting allegiance, whether you're aligned to the Danes or the Saxons with a little ring that goes on the bottom of your um your, uh, your mini your leader, and, yeah. and then you're going to put that character out onto its starting position and you're also going to have a little uh, token uh, near your player board showing your uh, allegiance whether it's to the danes or the saxons and that will always match the ring that you have on the bottom of your character and then there are two decks of cards um, so you have two starting cards like i said that come with your character and they're going to have special things on it um, but then there's two decks of cards on the board because this game is broken up into two rounds and only two rounds. Uh, there's going to be a round one deck and a round two deck. And what you're going to do is take cards. You have to shuffle in a few extra cards into these at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, they're just these uh, level one and level or what yeah. did I say? Level one and level two cards. No, but uh, uh, round one and round two. That's oh. what I'm looking for. Gotcha cards and you are going to deal out five cards to each player and then you're going to do a draft with those cards and you're going to pick one and pass and pick one and pass and pick one and pass until you've drafted four cards i love card drafting it's the best it is so fun yeah it's the best and then you are going to discard the the, the card that no one took from each uh hand and then you're going to now have your starting hand of six cards because you're going to combine those four you drafted with the two starting cards for your character. And also at the top of the board are a bunch of action... What do we want to call these things? Your uh, action plaques. Plaques. So big, chunky cardboard... Uh, chevrons. Chevrons, yeah. That are all lined up uh, beside each other. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. And they are going to sit at the top of the board and they're going to sit in like a little tableau with a cost beneath them. To, and you put them out at random and you are going to see that there's two of them that will cost three at the moment. Two and the three four. is the action tokens. So the cost yep. is the little action tokens you have. Yep. Uh, three action tokens for the first two, four for the second two, five for the third two. And then the last one to the right would cost six action tokens if you chose to use it. So... How does this game kind of work now? We got the setup uh, done. Uh, what we're going to do is whoever has on their on their starting card kind of the lowest, um, I don't know, there's a number associated mm. with each character. Whoever has the lowest number between all the characters is going to start with the conflict token, which is basically the hilt of a sword, it almost looks like. Oh my gosh, um, that's totally what it is. Yeah. That's so funny. I couldn't. I was like, okay, that's interesting. It has a little, looks like a dragon head. And I was thinking yeah. that's like for, from their ships. I thought it was just a thing, but that's 100% the hilt of the sword. I think that's what it's supposed yep, to be. It is. I and would agree. the second player um, is going to get the, what's called succession the succession token. token. And that's this, uh, kind of looks like a little village. 
And the way it kind of works is the person that has the um, conflict token is going to choose for the starting of the round you're in which of the five states or territories is going to have a conflict first. And the, so that player is going to choose one of them and probably one that looks like they're going to be uh, successful in uh, to yeah. begin with. They're going to choose one and then the other player gets to use the succession token to play out which one they think will be the, or not what they think, but which yeah. one they choose will be the next um, state to have a conflict. Yeah. And I'm just going to say it's not important at all, but I think on the succession token, it's a little kingdom on top yeah. because it's like you're placing it there and then you're going to, somebody's going to be taking over that kingdom. Oh, I guess Next. So. Yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. moves around. Okay. So yeah. then once you've placed those uh, tokens out, the kind of game begins. So what you're going to be concentrating on is wherever that uh, conflict token was placed. Let's say it was placed in North Umbria. Um, so what's going to happen there is at the end of our actions, now we're going to start taking actions. Yes. And when we've both passed, then a conflict is going to happen in that uh, state. And what you do to do your, your actions in this game is all with those cards, but you're really limited Oh yeah, you've because got you've got what six cards? You have your two starting cards for your leader, yep. and then through the draft, you've got four cards. Mm -hmm. And so you have this. Took my head a, a minute to wrap around when we first started playing the game. You're basically gonna have six cards to play through five different um, battles, battles, conflicts, and it, different conflicts. And so the the cards you have, you either have a, a primary action or a secondary action. Mm -hmm. And the secondary actions are either like they're instants, like you play them kind of right away. And some of them have permanent abilities on them yep. that can last. But and then if you play a secondary action, you can play as many as you want, kind of. And then but once you play a primary action, that's the end of your turn. And then it goes to the next player. Yep. And those uh, chevrons up at the top of the board, those are also um, actions so they have secondary and primary as well up there you just have to pay your, um, your like action tokens for them yeah but on your turn the second you do a primary action your turn ends yes. and almost everything is kind of a, like the vast majority of the cards and the uh, action tableau at the top are primary actions yes. so it almost comes down to just doing one action yeah. per turn but then also like if you spend three of your primary actions in the first conflict you're only going to have like three two or three cards or actions left yeah, yeah for the rest of the four the other four conflicts yeah because each round is broken up into these five conflicts yeah. you're going to do five conflicts in the round one and five conflicts in round two and that's the end of the game so if you run out of cards you're basically going to be relying on the mercy of the chevron like the boards up at the yeah, the uh, actions, up, that actions are up at the top, at the top, and those all cost action tokens. So mm -hmm. if you don't have a lot of action tokens, you're going to be passing. But. Yeah. <laughs> so that is what we're going to do. We're going to go back and forth playing, generally playing a card, and or spending action tokens on the tableau at the top. And every time you um, uh, use one of the actions at the top, you spend your say four action tokens to do. Uh, the one that moves some players around or whatever. Yeah. You're going to then take that one out of the tableau. It's going to go to now to the to and, the right, to the yeah. very expensive side, and everything's going to shuffle down. So the costs on these actions start to move change. Yeah, and depending. which is which is a really cool element to mm -hmm. it. I like it. 
And uh, yeah, so we're going to do an action and then I'm going, and then it's going to go to you and you're going to do an action and it goes to me and I'm going to do an action, perhaps. Yeah. But then it comes down to this conflict is going to start the second both of us pass. Yeah. Um, there are two different ways you can pass. There are two different ways you can pass. So you can, um, you can just pass and nothing happens. You just pass and then you wait. And if the next person passes, then you move on to the conflict. Yep. But they also have uh, what's called the invasion token. Mm-hmm. And if you pass and take the... Uh, in- yeah, prepare for invasion. Yeah. yeah. So if I pass just normally and then you didn't pass, I could then play again if I wanted to. But if I pass taking that invasion token, Mm -hmm. my turn is done. Like I cannot play again, even if you didn't pass, I'm done. But if you take that token, you get some bonuses. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to end up getting... Um, an action some token. action tokens per piece token that are out on the board and early in the game that's not going to be the case no. but later on in the in the round that'll be very uh very uh advantageous yes um and then you and then you take the um afterwards you'll take that succession token yeah to, to exactly you, to decide where the next uh, conflict is going to be yep. so if you pass using the invasion token you're going to be deciding where the next conflict takes place that's right um, and the actions are, I'm not going to go through explaining because all the different cards of all different actions and all the, the tiles at the top have a whole bunch of different actions, but there's, there's things where you can move armies around. You can eliminate armies. You can switch allegiance. You can switch allegiances, which is huge in this game. Yes. Huge, huge, huge. Um, there's, uh, gaining some cards. There are adding players or adding armies to the board, things like that. Okay. Stuff everyone's kind of done. Um, so that's how the round works. We're going to go back and forth taking actions, not very many. No. And then you're going to do a conflict. And then, so wherever that conflict token is, is, is the focus of the round. And you're going to do something very simple for conflict. Oh yeah. You're going to look at who won the conflict. And it's very, uh, obvious actually, because it's, it's the Danes versus everyone. Yeah. And the Danes are the red colored armies and you count up all the red colored armies and then you count up the combination of the blue, yellow, and green armies, and as well as if you have any your, your hero uh, heroes and leaders. leaders that may enter this uh, battlefield that count for various Very amounts points. of uh, yeah. strength as well, and you're just going to compare the strength between the two sides, and whoever wins wins. Uh, yeah. Whoever has the most strength wins the battle, and it's that simple. So then, what are you doing? You're you're looking to see. If first off, are you aligned with the winning side? If you are, you are probably going to score some points this round. If you aren't, you are going to score no points this round. If you aren't aligned with the winning side, you are going to get some um, action tokens, action tokens for which troubles. is nice, a little consolation prize. Mm-hmm. Um, and you always, whoever wins, you put on these uh, shields. It's like a peace token. Yep. And so you put it to the side, whether it's you know the yellow for the Danes and then white for the the Saxons. Yep. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. And yeah, you just, there. there's an interesting aspect in this game too. It's called the double down action. Mm-hmm. And if you take the double down action, let's say both of you are, or all three or four of you or whatever, are allied with the same side. So maybe you're all Danes when, um, and the Danes win that, that uh, state. Then if you take that double down action, you're the only one that's going to get to score points for them. But if you didn't, if nobody had that double down token... You yep. all get to score points. And that comes, that is a nasty thing yeah. um, to do. So 
Um, the doubling down it can be like very uh, nasty because you just steal the points out from underneath whoever else may be getting points this round. Yeah. So the the points work that depends on where you are on that affinity track. So let's say the Danes did win that first conflict. You'd look to see where your uh, token is on the Dane track of the affinity track and how high up you are on it. And depending on how high up you are, you're going to get X amount of points per army up to five of the, the side that you are aligned with. So if there was five Danish armies or more involved in that conflict, you're going to get five times the amount of points uh, that is uh, dictated by where you right. are on the track. And then you're just going to take a handful of points, throw them behind your player screen. Oh, I didn't I didn't mention that at the beginning of the game. You do have a player screen. So they so can't you, see how many tokens and Yeah, they can't see how many action tokens yeah. you have. They can't see how many points you've accumulated at this point. Um, and then you're going to take your points, you're going to put them behind there and then that's it. And then you kind of, there's a little uh, cleanup thing you do at the end of each conflict where you kind of have to reduce the armies down. Which is also a super simple mechanism. Yeah. You just take away one of the highest or the most armies that are in a place. Say there, say there was, um, I don't know, so say uh, there was seven or eight yeah. armies there. You're going to, and, and the Danes had five, you would take away one of the Danes and you'd see, oh, are we down to five yet? And you look, you're like, no, okay, now you have to take away one of the highest of the strength. highest strength. And if there's anything tied, you take away one of each. Yeah. So if there was, say, three uh, armies that were all tied for the same amount, you take one from every one of them. Yeah. And even if you go below five, maybe that's you go okay. down to three, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. So yeah. they, they just want you to be at five or less by the time you've eliminated these armies from the board and you put them back into the little cups and you have armies to work with for the rest of the round. And... Then you are going to now move the uh, conflict token over to where the uh, uh, other token was. The invasion token? The, it, no, it's something Isn't else. the invasion token? No. Succession, succession token. token. Succession token. So you're going to move that over to where the succession token is, and then whoever took the prepare for invasion token will now have the uh, succession, succession token. token, and they'll be able to place it out wherever they'd like, into the, one of the other um, four or like, well yeah. whatever's left right you choose another province or state and you place it there and that's going to be the next place that does it uh, uh conflict and that's what you do in this game is you go through doing all the five conflicts taking actions along the way and you know you only have six cards to work with unless you uh use some actions to gain get a few cards more. Yeah. um for the whole round and and through these five conflicts and then you're collecting action tokens because if you lose a, uh, a conflict, you're going to get action tokens and that helps you do more things with the tableau at the top. And you're going to be going up the affinity track in various ways. You're going to be adding other heroes to the board because other characters can come out mm -hmm. onto the board uh, that are controlled by you. You're going to be moving armies around, eliminating armies, moving your, your leaders here and there, uh, posturing this board, switching allegiances. Yeah. And... Then when the round ends, when the fifth conflict has been completed and all five uh, states have a peace symbol on it, and then you just kind of do a, a, a cleanup as well, and you go to the second round. And the yep. second round is exactly the same, except for you switch out the round one cards for the round two cards. Yep. You do your draft at the beginning. Um, you gain some action tokens and, and things like this. And then you go through the whole kind of scenario again. Yep. And at the end, it's literally the most 
victory points that you've collected that are behind your player screen. Yep. And there's some tiebreaker things out there, but it's just the points you collect through the game. There's no end game scoring. Right. Um, and that's it. That's how this game works. It's kind of quick and snappy uh, for a large uh, <laughs> role play, uh, uh, area control game. Yep. It's actually kind of quick and simple, but so much strategy yes. involved. Yeah. Um, so that's how The Last Kingdom works. Yep. Now let's talk about the theme. Does it lend well? Yeah. I think so. I think so. You do feel like you are warring for these various yep. states of what would become England. And um, yeah, it feels, yeah, it feels like a good area control about yeah. these, of these historical areas. Yeah. And yeah, I think the theme lends really well. Absolutely. Not much more to say about it. And, mm-hmm. and well, we've seen, um, well, I guess we should say, does the theme of the show work for this too? Yeah. Because the yeah. show really shows what things were like back then, right? Yeah. So like that, I don't know if you've seen any of the last thing. We haven't seen it all. We've seen some of it and it's really well done. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it, it shows itself in this game for sure. Um, yeah. So the artwork. So, I'll start with the artwork. Typically, like, I'm not big fans of like stock art no. when you're using it from um from movies or, or shows or whatever. But honestly, it did not bother me once I started playing the game in here at all. Yeah. Like, there are some games where I'm like, I wish they would have used art as opposed to pictures. But in this one, I I was more focused on the um like the they have descriptions of the player abilities as opposed or of the, your cards, as opposed to the pictures. And they didn't, I, I don't find that they really detracted from it. It didn't. Yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't like a make or break or anything for me. Um, it just, it just was, I understand it. Like, who, are you going to pay somebody to go and like draw out these characters from the show? Probably not. You know, when you've got all the, yeah. the artwork there or like the, uh, the stock photos and things. I just wish they'd picked better photos for some of it. Yeah. Like some of the character, like portraits, I just feel like, ugh, I feel like you could have picked a better shot yeah. for, for that particular character. Some of them I think look That's great. true, actually. But I think some that of them is are just true. like, like this. Like Ethelwald. Yeah, it's not the greatest picture no, of him. Right? It's just like, I don't know. Whereas Uhtred is fine. Yeah. So yeah. I think some are better than others, but overall, it, I mean, I get it. It is kind of what it is. But the um, board art is fine. Like the it's nice. Fine. Yeah. The yeah. It's very simple. The iconography is really nice. It's actually quite, is very quite good. simple and, and yes. easy to understand. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean stock art is stock art for a show, I get it. But it's just not my thing. Yeah. For sure. Because just seeing this game on the shelf, if I didn't Isn't know super it appealing, was yeah. John Declare that designed it, I don't think I would have come to this game. Yeah. Which would have been a shame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so artwork, yeah, it is kind of is what it is. Components. Just not my thing. Yeah. Components, um, yeah, pretty good. There's yeah. little... Uh, I like the little armies. Yeah, the They're little cute army little tokens, which little meeple tokens. in most games, and I think when this one was in its uh, original Production. phases, these were all cubes. Okay, and nice. Not, not these little I'm plastic. I'm glad they're not uh, cubes. Yeah. So the you have a little extra thing here rather than cubes. Yeah. You have the little plastic army yeah. soldier 
guy that stands about half an inch tall. So I think that adds to it. Yeah, I like all the tokens, like the succession token and the... Yeah, um, all the tokens are good. All of them, they're... I really like them. The conflict token, they're nice and detailed and... Yeah. Yeah. And the minis are kind of just typical... Just t- typical minis. Minis, but they are... I mean, they kind of look like they're characters. They're not highly detailed, yep. but they kind of look that way. They're fine. Um, the one thing I didn't like as far as components was the... Uh, rings for to to denote oh. your allegiance that, yes. that clicks to the bottom of your they mini. don't really click they're, they're just, cardboard and they just rest in them and they're just i was putting it on and it was already bending and stuff uh, and i was like oh this is yeah not great this these should be plastic for sure because the cardboard is just not going to yeah uh because the one i was putting on my character there was like really tight yeah and i was like well if this is going to be cardboard it should be loose so that you don't have to force it on and right. you don't have to bend the cardboard yeah so that would be my one thing. I don't like those. Those should be plastic for sure. Yeah. Um, they should just, yeah. Because they're going to wear out. They're going to break. They're going to be, yeah. yeah, I don't know what we'll do after that. But but yeah, no, other than um, that. Other than that, the components are pretty good. Yep. For sure. Um, so. Rule book. Rule book uh, was fine. I actually liked it. Um, it was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. There was a couple videos out there that I, I looked at as well, just to get a, an idea of the flow of the game. But overall, the rule book was fine. I didn't mind it at all. Um, setup is pretty easy. Um, all your stuff is kind of dictated from your player card on where things go and how things kind of start. Everything's right on the board as far as starting armies go. Like they tell you right beside the name of the, the province. Um, yeah, so rule book was great. Didn't mind it at all. So, um, we could talk about whether or not we recommend this game, and if so, who for? Um, yes, I. Yeah, I think I'd recommend this game. I had a lot of fun playing it. I think this is like an area control game for people who don't like area control because you are not trying to control the whole board at one time. You are going mm-hmm. simply for one province or one state or whatever at one time and your allegiance can change. That's and I think crazy. that yeah. is huge. That was such a fun aspect of this game. You have cards that let you switch allegiance and knowing that you're actually supposed to switch allegiance, you know, like that yep. it happened all the time. Yep. That um, you do do it. Uh, you, you do do it a, like even a couple times in a game. Oh, you're switching back and forth. And, and they have they have cards in here like i had cards in in you know different times where you can move the conflict token to a different region that hasn't basically doesn't have a peace token that hasn't been scored yet mm-hmm. so you can um you can be on the wrong side and then whoop, you're going to move that token to where you are and so it can be looking like it's going one way and then you can just change it and yeah. um i really love for this um the card drafting these yeah, cards card are so easy to understand. They have the iconography and then they have a description underneath each mm-hmm. icon, like each picture to say exactly what this card does. And it was very clear to understand. Mm-hmm. And I found that very helpful when I was drafting my cards. It makes you like, oh, I've got that one. I can try to do that one. And yeah, yeah card drafting, I find is so much fun. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoy this game. I think it's... I think it's great. I love that it's uh, you scored in like basically 10 different rounds or 10 different like turns conflicts. So, yep. you, and if you lose, you get action tokens because you lose those action tokens pretty quickly. So if you lose yeah, the conflict, you, you get um, action tokens, which is like, okay, so I'll lose, but at least I can 
pick some stuff next time. And yeah, I super liked it. Yeah, I, I was surprised at how much I liked this one. Not I wasn't surprised because it's John D. Clare game. I should know that I would like it. But yeah. just surprised at um, just that this, I don't know, just because I'm so torn between an IP game and then yeah. an IP game John, by John D. Clare. <laughs> so like if this was just some other designer, I'd be really surprised how much I like it. But since it's him, it's like, oh, of course he made a great yeah. game out of an IP like the last kingdom and yeah, it has some like, um, it gives me feelings of like blood rage. Um, mm-hmm. well, with card drafting. Yeah. With the card sure. drafting. And it also f- has feeling for me sort of like inish with card drafting mm-hmm. and, and area control. So like two it's of my funny, favorite those games, are the two games that I was thinking of. Yeah. It uses sort of aspects of those two games that, and those are two of my favorite games ever. So yeah, this one was great. I liked the idea of having options of playing your cards as your action or the tableau is always available to you at the mm-hmm. at the top of the board, but whether or not you can afford to pay for the action yeah. you want depends. So maybe you do take a, a loss, you know, on a certain round yeah. uh, to gain those action tokens to try and solidify yeah. um, a win in the a next win in the next one, right? Next so conflict. Yeah, this one was really, really solid. I really did enjoy it. And it says it's best at four, and we haven't played it at four. Best at five. Um, So I'd be curious to try this one uh, with four. Yeah, it plays about 30 minutes a player. Yeah. And and I'd say that's about accurate. For sure. Um, That was accurate. And yeah, I liked it. Um, If you like area control, if you like what I'm talking about, you don't like like area control. um, (laughs) And Inish sort of thing going on here. Um, I think you'll like it. So and I, I think that's the thing too with area control is a lot of people, they don't like area control necessarily because they just get swarmed and they there's no way out. But you can change your allegiance in this game. Yeah. So if you're if you were like, oh man, I am getting totally swarmed. There's I have no chance. Oh, well, I'll just pay some my tokens and I'm going to switch allegiance. Yeah. So you can, And you can see it coming, right? You can yeah. see like, oh man, there's lots of armies, lots of Danish armies in Wales and they're like, where are we scoring that? And then there's, there's lots of Danish armies in East Anglia as well. And yeah. that one's probably happening after that. Maybe and if, right now is a good time to switch my allegiance. And if you're higher up on the affinity track, you could end up getting more points than the person who was originally yep. there. So Especially if you double down and yeah. now you've stolen all the points. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah, it's super cool. I like yeah, it. I liked it a lot. So well done. Uh, John DeClaire, Gamelin, really, really good. Really good. Um, yeah, we liked it a lot. Two thumbs up. So Woo-hoo. we're going to head on over to our final segment for another review right now. then here we are for the second of two of our meeple dungeon reviews and what are we reviewing uh second now <laughs> now we are reviewing empire's end again designed by john d Clare, art by quan chai moria and published by Brotherwise games yeah another john d Clare game we decided to put these two games um together into an episode because yeah. they were done by him so, yeah, this is Empire's End. We played this for the first time about a month ago, mm-hmm. just before Christmas or just after just Christmas. Just after Christmas, I think, yeah. And, um, yeah, do you want to tell them what the uh, theme I, is? I do. 
Empire's End is a game about salvaging glory in the face of disaster. Your empire, having ruled for centuries, is now in decline. Famine strikes at your people, plague lurks in your great cities, and barbarians are hammering at your gates. How will you lead your empire through this most precarious of times? Save what you can, but remember, a smart ruler knows not just how to win, but how to lose. Most importantly, they also know how to turn disaster into opportunity. Right. So, yeah, this game is about disasters happening in your um, in and around your kingdom, I would think, or your in and around your empire. Empire, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so... Lots of fire. <clears throat> yeah, lots of things burning <laughs> to the ground. Fields burning and, yeah. and so forth. Um, how does this game work? So there's a main board in the middle of the table, which is kind of just a big track, um, kind of like a linear track from one side to the other with a start and an end. I will and say a, this game does not take up a lot of table space. No, it doesn't. It's no. fairly a fairly small board. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty thin, narrow, long board that mm-hmm. kind of goes there. Um, and there's two sides to it. There's a two-player side or a three- or four-player side, and it only changes just slightly. Yeah. Um, and then there is a little marker that goes on there to, to see where you are along uh, the game track itself. And then there, around it is the uh, victory point track. Then there is a little um, plastic container full of bits where there are certain resources in this game that you're going to be using. There's hammers, there's wheat, wheat there's axes, and then there's coins. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be sitting in that thing there. Then there's a couple different decks of cards. There's one that's like the war card, war cards, military, military cards. Yep. And then there are the basically like disaster, event, cards. disaster cards. Yeah. Um, and then in front of you, you're going to have this like long stick, uh, <laughs> cardboard stick that is, has numbers one to 11 on it. And then you're going to get a set of tiles. They're location tiles. Yeah. And, and one person is going to basically set the location tiles for the game and everyone else is going to copy them. So you all have the exact same mm-hmm. location tiles and whatever the first player, whenever, however they lay them out, everybody lays them out in the exact same yeah. order. So you lay them out literally at random. You take them out of your little uh, plastic thing and you lay them out. Uh, one tile underneath each one of the numbers and they'll have their the location tiles are like roads farms armies cities towns i think that's it yeah and each one of them has a different victory point that they're worth at the end of the game on the top and it, and at the bottom it has uh, kind of some actions that you can use those tiles for yeah um and then there is a little uh first player token which is kind of um like it looks a typical like, Greek. It looks Roman. like the front of the Acropolis or something. Yeah, kind of like an entranceway with the columns and yeah, the, the columns. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of it. And your disaster <clears throat> flames. And your disaster flames, exactly. But so you're gonna have these two tokens that are big bonfires that you're gonna be putting out onto uh, different locations to represent that they are in trouble. So how this game starts is if you're playing a two-player game, the only difference is really that you're only going to be drawing one disaster uh, card yes. when you get to a spot where you draw disaster cards. But in a three or four player game, which is what we predominantly have played, you're going to be drawing two z- disaster cards depending, or it's almost always. One or two, but <clears throat> mostly always two. Yeah, so what you're going to do is you pick a starting player and then you're going to move the little hourglass to the first location on the linear board track, which is going to be a disaster card yes so in yeah two-player game these are all going to be just single cards but in a in a three or four you're going to have i think the first three locations are single cards and then every location after that you're going to be pulling two if that yeah yeah it seems like you're always pulling two <laughs> yeah so what that means is when you get to that that icon you're going to flip over a disaster card from the disaster deck and it's going to tell you a uh, a location 
Uh, but not a location tile, but a location number. on your uh, a number on your like skinny uh, Bo- uh, stick. Uh, you stick call it the stick. number stick. I like it. <laughs> yeah, and it'll say like let's say uh, position number five, and you're going to look at number five, and you're going to see what location that you have set underneath there. Well, everyone's to start on the, the game. Yeah, on the first the round, everyone's will be the same. Mm-hmm. And then you have to take your little flame marker and put it on there to represent this is the location that is in trouble yeah. for this turn. Disaster is striking. Mm-hmm. And then on the card, the disaster card, it's going to tell you the different uh, resources you need to to Pay. use on yeah. this in order to not take the card. You got to prevent the disaster. Yeah. So if you end up taking this card at the end of the turn, you are going to destroy that part of your empire. So you take that that to- that tab or that mm-hmm. um, tile, you flip it over, and now it's on its burned, destroyed side. Yeah, so in, in order to not destroy, because you really you don't want to destroy anything, because no. the second you flip these things over, you're no longer getting the victory points at the end of the game that that tile would have given yes. you. In this instance, that tile underneath uh, my number five slot is worth 25 points, and that's huge. I huge. think that's the, that's the most second ex- biggest. Second biggest, yeah. In the whole... Um, kitten caboodle yeah so <laughs> i want to do everything in my power to not take this disaster card and lose that and tile. at the beginning of the <clears> game <throat> nobody else does either <laughs> right because we so, all have the same one yeah you're going to start with two of every resource when you start this game and yeah. the card is going to dictate to you what resources can be paid instead of taking the card so it's going to go in turn order Say I'm first player, I'm going to look at it and it shows a wheat, a hammer, and an axe on it. And then coins are wild, so you can yeah. always play a coin. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Coins can be played for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to look at that and say, well, okay, well, I do not want to lose my my uh, town. town, which is worth 25 points. So I'm not taking this card and I'm going to put down a wheat. Then and then it's going to go to the next person. I don't player. want to lose my town, so I'm going to put down an axe. Mm-hmm. And then you keep going around in turn order until finally someone is like, Okay, I either I have nothing left to give, mm-hmm. I have no resources, or it's like, you know what? There's a flip side. Whoever takes the disaster also gets to take all the resources yep. that have been <clears throat> paid towards it. So you're like, I really don't want to take this disaster, but I'm going to get a heck of a lot of, of, resources. of wheat, like yep. hammers, whatever. And so you take, you take that uh, tile or you take the card, you flip your tile over, you get all the resources, and you have little uh, shields so that you, you know, put all your stuff behind so people don't know how many yeah, resources yeah, yeah. you have. Yeah. Screens. And then yeah, screens. Yeah. And then you flip it over. And then on the back side of the tile, it's basically red because it's in flames. Yep. But it has um a decreased number of victory points at the end. Um so instead of twenty five it's not worth any, but there is a way that you can get it back. So not decreased, they just go away. Yeah, yeah. You, you lose them entirely. Entirely. If the, if the tile is flipped over those victory points are gone yes. unless you can somehow get that tile flipped back. Over. Yes. But they do have, um, I say in, in that one, when you flip it over, there's a little uh, picture with 10 hammers, like a, a 10 hammer. Yep. So if you ever want a chance at flipping that over, we'll get to this action later, but you'll want to collect 10 hammers in order to flip it over, fix that part of your empire and get it back. Get the victory points back. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to do that round and round for every, uh, disaster card that comes out you're going to lay down victory or uh, lay down uh different resources. resources until you can't or don't want to anymore and then you take that card you destroy that tile then now you can take that card and you're going to be able to slide that card underneath one of your actually uh good 
yes. uh, locations. And it's going to give you something. It's going to give you an action um, or an end game scoring. An economy for when you get to gain stuff. Yeah, lots of like lots of bonus things it's going to give to you. Yeah. So it's not entirely bad to take yes. it. Um, and it'll have like adjacency bonuses to what you put it beside and where it moves yeah. to and, and things like this. However, if that tile that you placed it under, if that tile ever burns, then it. that card <clears throat> is gone. <clears throat> you lose it. Some th- you could you could get military strength to help with your battles, things yeah. like that. So there, that's not always awful. And on that note too, if you were playing the three or four player game um, and you get to the double disasters, it works in the same way, except that instead of just putting a resource on one of the disasters, you have to put on your turn, you have to put either choose to put a resource on each of them mm-hmm. or take one of the disasters if you can't yep. or you don't want to. So... And then the next person will go put two, put yeah, two, put two. Exactly. It operates exact same exactly way, the except same. there's two cards for yes. you to deal with when it's a, a, your turn to yeah. to either play or not. And in a two-player game, well, in any player game, the last person to take a disaster then gets the first player token. Yeah. And, and that's the same in all the games. Yes. The last so, player to... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if you end up taking the last uh, disaster card, you become first player for the next yes. uh, round. Yeah. So that's kind of how the disaster cards work. Then you you move along, and then there's the economy um, phase phase that you'll be able to. So you move your little hourglass to the next yep, to the next thing, which next spot on this is actually an economy phase. Yeah, and that works uh, differently. Um, can you describe it on there? Yeah. So during an economy phase, all players simultaneously activate all green abilities in their empire, which are the economy abilities. Mm-hmm. You produce and convert resources and activate economy innovations. Economy phases are just, well, whatever, that's later. So, yeah, yeah you so, basically, um, you can get resources. So, you might have an economy that has a wheat on it. So, then you would grab a wheat tile or, yeah, or a hammer. I didn't actually specify that. That on each of the location tiles at the bottom, they'll either be an economy, a military, or an industry tile. Yeah. And those are the kind of the four different, or three different um, things that yeah. you're going to come across in this game. And one of the things, like, you can activate is some tiles have these little squares on them on on the bottom there and that's where you can take a tile or not a tile a cube cube. and you can put a cube on one of those squares and that basically acts as a resource towards one of your um yeah there's a there's a whole bunch of different things you can use them for yeah but on the economy phase you get to refresh it so you can then take off a cube so that you can use it again yeah. So yeah, the cube, like, so, yeah, exactly. Some of the tiles and some of the cards will have spots for cubes, which are basically like worker placement spots. Yeah. And yeah, you'll be able to refresh them or you'll be able to use a hammer to do some building or gain some resources or whatnot. That's in the economy phase, including yeah. fixing up your, or no, that's during the industry, industry phase. Never yeah. mind. So let's talk about that. So that's kind of the economy phase. Then there's the industry phase that you'd be able to get to. Where you, it's really about fixing your locations, broken, burned down locations, and building new innovations, and building new innovations. I yes. should say, yeah, at the beginning, you also get four innovation cards. Yeah, which are basically um, disaster, the disaster cards. T- cards that you start with in your yeah, hand, but they have the little innovations on the bottom. Yeah, which you can then use to install, and they'll have a, a cost in hammers that allows you to install it. Yeah. Um, and you are going to want to put these in strategic areas where it allows you to move tiles around um, or if for having uh, adjacency bonuses, things like this. And if you um, at this point, too, if you don't want to have use your cards, um, you can get rid of up to two of them for coins. Yep. And then um, 
at the end, you can, if you got rid of the two of them for coins, you can keep the two that you have left, or you can discard them and take two new ones. Or you always want to have four in your hand. So then you can always pick up to four uh, new ones for the next uh, in- industry phase. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's kind of the industry phase is, is something where you want to focus on using your hammers to um, rebuild. Hopefully rebuild something so yeah. you've collected enough hammers to do so and get some of those victory points back. Keeping in mind some of the uh, innovations on the bottom or some of like the game and scoring things are going to be, you know, have the most burned cities or the yeah, most burned right. tiles. So you might want to lean into that, but it all yeah, depends it, on... It totally depends on your yeah. particular situation on what you want to do yeah. in these, all of these situations. Um, but then there's the military. So they, they act a little bit differently when you get to a military space mm-hmm. where you have to draw a... A military card or war yep. card or whatever they're called. Yeah. And they're going to, it's fairly simple. It gives you. It's very simple. Nicely laid out. Yeah. Um, it, it tells you uh, how many victory points you could get depending on how much military strength you have. Right. So it's going to be shown to everyone. Everyone's going to see all the different bonuses. So if you win this or if you have the highest amount of military, you're going to get so many points. If you have this, uh, say second most or third most, you're going to get so many and so many. And so this is going to be a silent bit as well. Yeah. So you have... Because everyone can see what you have on military your board. you have on your board. Yes. But... But then you also will take, depending on how, how high you want to get, because everybody can get points, um, but somebody will get a bonus for having the most and somebody could get a disadvantage for having the least. Might yeah. be a disadvantage, might not, depending on your board state. But yeah. you basically will look behind your shield and see, okay, how many military tokens do I, or um, axes do I have? Yep. And do I want to use any of those um, to pump up my military? Mm-hmm. So you would take however many you want, put them in your fist, hold it and out. And coins if you'd like. And coins if you yeah. want, because they're wild. And then at the same, when you guys are all ready, you flip them over, see what you have, you tally up. And yep. then see where you land. Yep. Combine whatever you had in your hand with how many uh, visible uh, military icons you have on your board. See where you're at. If you had the most, you are going to win. You're going to get a bonus of some sort. You're going to get the, the victory points that were listed. Um, if you are last, you're probably getting something negative out of it. Yeah. But yeah. And each, there's a whole whack of these military cards. So they're all kind of randomly uh, going to show up through your games and some are better than others yeah. and so forth. And like, you're going to get, um, you're going to get the the points for whatever one you land on. Mm-hmm. It's just, you could get extra or you could get something. But you could also get bad. negative points. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. No. Um, but you can easily do that, uh, get out, at least out of the negatives by looking at it, it says like, basically if you have three or less you're going to get negative points. So mm-hmm. if you make sure that, oh, no, I've got at least three on my military board, then I don't have to spend any of my axes because right. I'm probably not going to win anyway. And yeah. then at least I don't get negative points. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah so those military. are the kind of the things. There's the the main phases with the disasters that you're going to land on. There's the economy phases you'll land on. There's the building phases you'll land on. And then there's the military phases that you'll land on. There are way more disaster phases than anything else. Oh, yeah. Way, way. It's heavily (laughs) outweighed as far as that goes Uh, into the disasters. You're constantly going to be Disaster, economy. Disaster, disaster, industry. Disaster, military. Disaster, like, (laughs) it's, yeah, lots of disasters. Uh, How many spots is there? About 30? Yeah. Wait, wait, 15 or 10, 20? I don't know. There's there's a what 25, 21, 21. There's so 21 there. ish uh, spots like uh, rounds to this game as you move along, yeah. and it just depends on which one you land on as to what you're going to be doing for that round, and then you get to the end and you are going to have 
collected victory points along the way going around the track mm -hmm. as you've gone through winning battles and so forth. And then you're going to have a whole bunch of end game scoring potentially yes. yeah. because your your town your empire is going to be burned to the ground yep. and you're going to have you're going to have end game scoring cards tucked all over the place. So you're going to tally all the points, the victory points for the ones that your tiles that haven't been flipped over, that yep. aren't burned, and then all yeah, all your end game scoring. Yep. You'll yeah, exactly. You have the points that you've accumulated through the game. You'll have any points showing on any non-destroyed parts of your empire and then yeah. any in-game scoring cards that you've started to slip underneath them and was there anything else for endgame i think that's about it i think that's about it yeah and yeah. that's it yep <laughs> and uh but yeah what an interesting game so let's revisit the theme does the theme lend well yes totally oh yes. yeah it constantly feels you like feel your, like you're your empire's you're burning shambles. yeah you're like oh what do i do and <laughs> the artwork on it uh what's the word amplifies that absolutely. because when you flip over a tile from one side to the other it's just like absolute chaos yes. on the other side and, and as your board starts to flip and you're just yeah. like you're drowning in chaos yeah it, it really makes it look like your empire is burning to the ground yeah. so it looks really cool that way but yeah that the uh the theme is great yeah for sure really um, cool what about the artwork we love said it that artwork is really great love it i love the artwork the the nice when they're on the right side they all look pastoral it, like it makes yeah. me think of like viticulture yeah totally like it looks in, like viticulture on one side right and, and then, then it like just... blood rage on the other right? side right yeah <laughs> and it's it's funny that way but yeah artwork is fantastic and the board has nice just like not hieroglyphs at all but just no, nice uh, like um, stylized I stylized think for that for that yeah, time period for that time period it's really nice lions and yeah. soldiers and yeah. elephants and things yeah yeah art great really really great art components really fine fantastic yeah. there's you know nice big chunky wooden ones well for your... we have the um upgraded oh, version of this so would they just be cardboard <clears throat> if not i believe so i think like the fire tokens i think are still cardboard. they'll still be nice mm -hmm. like i can't imagine them like the cardboard we have in here is really nice yeah the tiles are particularly really yeah, nice, and nice they have thick. The, um, when you flip it over to the burned side the, the fire um is oh, like, it's like shiny it's like a shiny yeah. it's a different um texture it's glossy. To, yeah, it's got as a well. gloss. Yeah, yeah. And it just looks really nice. It does. It's very cool. The little trays that everything collects in, and when you put this back in the box, it sits in such a nice little package. Um, it's just like awesome. It's easy to set up. Everything comes out. Everything has its place. Just sits there on the on the table, and you unpack things really easily. I really like the uh, the trays and the way that this goes back together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we can talk about the rule book. It's super good. Yeah. It was so easy. So easy to learn. Uh, everything makes sense. It's, it's, yeah. I, I, I read this one. I you learned, did, yeah. I learned this one. I played this one. So nobody can say that I never teach the games. <laughs> uh, um, and it was so easy to learn. Yeah. And it was, yeah, super easy. It makes sense. It flows nicely. It's logical. And it's easy to find things if you're like, oh, what is that again? They have their, the pages are nicely laid out. Totally. Like, very cool. Very good. Yep. I loved it. Um, rule book is great. Uh, I didn't even watch a video for this one. I just read the book. Yeah, it was simple. And it was, it was awesome. so simple. You didn't need to. Yeah. yeah. Like, so simple. Yeah. Um, so, we can talk about whether or not we recommend it. And, and if we do, who for? I, I love this game. <laughs> I super love this game. absolutely recommend this. I, I recommend think this for anybody. Anybody yeah. will have fun playing this yeah. game. It, you can lean into the chaos. It, it's all it's fun. It, even if you're like getting completely destroyed, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm it's burning. Like, oh no! And it's just, just damage control the whole time. Yeah, and you're you're just like, how do I? 
what am I doing? I can't, I have to take another one. Mm -hmm. And so then you start to lean into that. But then you have to, then you end up burning cards or tiles that have like your game end scoring that have yeah. your burning ones that are going to give you bonuses. So you're, yep. you're like, oh no. <laughs> I love the, the, uh, the do, two different mechanisms here. The, the no thanks aspect of this game where you're like doing everything you can to, to, to not, not take, take that, that card. Yeah. And you're all just playing a game of yeah. chicken around the table as who, yeah. Who's gonna go and like, and then you're you're pushing your luck, being like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go one more round, yeah. even though I'm now really thin on resources. Hopefully, somebody else will take this, and then you find out that it comes back to you again, and you yeah. have to end up taking it. And that I love that aspect of it, but then I also love the the like space base uh, sort of thing going on here with sliding the cards yeah. underneath your tiles and the tiles moving around. Yeah, <clears throat> and I and I was gonna say too, I don't know if we mentioned it or. or brought it in there but there are different tiles and different um innovation cards that will allow you to move your tiles around yep. so you can move them um like you can swap maybe like position three and position eight and that mm -hmm. could be some of the um the negative things in the military as well yep. so there are like you're gonna you're not gonna end up in, with the same board state as somebody else oh, no. so you, you start can the same, but yeah you can choose different. to do that on one of your turns with different actions and and then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to move this because if this is like a huge point one, if everybody lands on it, I'm not going to have to worry about taking it or mm -hmm. I'm not going to have to worry about it burning. Yeah. Nobody, we're fighting over different tiles. Mine might be like my, um, it might be your 32 point tile, but I moved it. So maybe it's my three tile and I don't care if I take it. Yeah, totally. So it it's cool with that little bit of strategy in there, but it's so fun because you have to be able to pivot in this game. Your strategy is going to change because of the cards you get yep. and the resources running out and it is just chaotic it's fun. It's super good. Love it. I think this is pretty much for anybody, particularly if you like uh, Space Base. If you like anything John Declare, this is definitely an awesome game yeah. for him. And um, the whole aspect of the whole no thanks scenario of just doing everything you can to not take that card. It's yeah. so much fun going around the table and pressuring each other into trying to take yeah. this thing. And yeah, it's great. Simple, easy, small. Great, I just want to play it right game. now. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, highly, highly recommend Empire Zen. When we're talking about both the games that we just talked about, um, yeah, I like I liked... Um, the Last Kingdom. Last Kingdom, yeah. but Empire's End is like... It beats so, it out for me. So good. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. find it, it's just, it's quicker, I think, too. And yeah, it's and they're entirely different. They're entirely but, different games. So but this one is just so good. Yeah. That, um, yeah, this one is the one I would lean towards for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's Fantastic. About all we can say. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Two Absolutely. huge thumbs up for Empire's End. Yeah. Um, great job, John D. Yeah. Clare. Two wins. <clears throat> they're both, again, both yep. good games. Keep yeah. them coming because we'll keep yeah. getting them. Yeah. <laughs> So we are going to call that an episode. You can find us on X at Meeple Dungeon, YouTube, The Meeple Dungeon, and our email is themeepledungeon at gmail.com. So if you'd like to contact us, uh, feel free. And yeah, that's it. So our next episode, I think, is going to be our top 10 games of 2023 yes. episode. So look out for that. But uh, yeah, we're going to run, and we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.